Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. If you're listening in from Toronto or the surrounding area, Kimberly will be appearing at SOFA in Mississauga on Thursday, August 17th from 10 to 11 a.m. This is a CEU accredited course and complete details are on our website at businessofdesign.com backslash events. If you're an interior design professional, you're a stager, you're a stylist, you are a landscape designer or an architect, you're in the right place. This is Business of Design, and I'm glad you're here. I want to say right off the bat, thank you so much to Kravit Inc., Kravit Fabrics. You know, they've been around since 1918, and they are a fifth-generation family-run business. That probably explains why their customer service is so good. Of course, I rely on them as my go-to resource for fabric and wall coverings and trimmings, and now even carpet and furniture, thanks to Kravit Curated. I find they really understand the pressures of my business. Their customer service is excellent. They have a vast variety of fabrics to choose from. And frankly, I love doing business with them. Thank you so much, Kravit Inc., for sponsoring our Business of Design podcast. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. We want to thank all of our members for sharing their experiences and their successes. When you share so candidly with the BOD community, we all gain. This week, we want to say thanks to Karen from Indiana who writes, Just a ginormous thank you. I first met Kimberly at Design Camp in Las Vegas, and I was just officially starting my business with very, very little formal training. My hourly rate was $25. I have since increased it by $25 every year, and am now up to $100. And my consultation fee has grown from zero to 200 and now $300. I know I still have room to grow. Thank you for the webinars and the very real content. I am so excited for this year of business as I work through these very doable changes. Thank you, thank you. It's not every day you have an award-winning window covering specialist on the podcast, so thank you for being here, Luann. Uh, Kimberly, thank you. I love our conversations. You just are—you're uh, amazing. Well, you've <laughs> inspired can... me so much through your podcast. I'm a big fan of a well-designed business, and uh, it was joy to appear on the show with you. And then we stumbled on a topic that I think is going to be of real interest to our listeners, and that's how to have successful relationships with your vendors, and in particular, you being a successful, hardworking supplier of custom windows coverings, and someone who, frankly, makes us also hardworking, uh, but us designers look good. Exactly. So um, I thank you. Thank you for that, because I think it's an important topic. I think that um, a lot of, well, you you have the story that you shared on my podcast of how you learned how important it is, remember? Oh, my gosh. So years ago, uh, we were having some difficulty with the person who does all of our window coverings, a wonderful guy in Toronto. And he does my window coverings, by the way, for Toronto and Los Angeles, because I just can't imagine oh. relying on anyone else. Um, and he had called to complain essentially about some of our paperwork that it was difficult to understand what we wanted him to do. It wasn't clear. It was confusing. He had 32 bolts of fabric in his studio, uh, didn't know what went with what. And so I said, you know what, why don't we go out for lunch? Now, my intention at this lunch was to slowly explain to him why our paperwork was just fine. And <laughs> right, and he needed to get his stuff together so he could follow our process because you know we're an interior design firm, so we're all that. And you're exactly. laughing, right? You're <laughs> laughing because you already know what happened at lunch. Turns out 
I didn't know everything I needed to know about working successfully with a window covering specialist. He had a lot of information that was incredibly valuable to me. And once I stopped talking and once I stopped thinking I knew everything, he was able to share with me a much better process for the paperwork um, that is required when you're ordering something like window covering. So, And that doesn't surprise you at all. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I can, I can picture the whole meeting. Well, I'm just going to take him to lunch and what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, to this day, I, I owe him a huge debt of gratitude because what happened was not only did he tell me how painfully lacking our paperwork was and our process, he shared with me, um, the worksheets and the purchase orders, et cetera, of another company that was doing it right. And Mm. when I saw that, I mean, it was so clear to me that I was not doing it the best possible way. And that opened up a portal to a whole new world for me because after that I realized, you know what, if that's true for my window covering person, it could be true for my flooring specialist, for my contractor, for my painter. And so I spent the year and I took every single one of them out for lunch and came away with a better technique for working together. So Luann, how often do people ask you, hey Luann, you know, what's it like to work with me? (laughs) Well, I have to say, until we discussed this on my podcast last winter, um, no one had ever asked me that. No one really probably ever thought about it or cared about it. Um, But since that podcast aired, two designers, both Sandra Funk and Gail Davis, independently, you know, said to me, oh my goodness, Lou, what are we doing? Are ours are any good? What could we do to make it better? And so um, that was really terrific. And of course, we, you know, Gail even said to me, why, why don't you just run a workshop at your showroom and you know, tell all of us how to do it? And I was like, you know what? So we're working on planning that. So that's some terrific things that came from our oh conversation. My gosh. I want to be there, by the way, at your workshop. I think that would be so much fun. <laughs> and like really every, every supplier to an interior design professional would benefit from teaching that mm-hmm. professional how to work within their process. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be true? Yes. It mostly comes from, I, I, I know, I can understand where it comes from. It comes from, I believe, two places. The first is just not having any idea, honestly. You really did believe that you were producing good work orders. I know right. that you did. I mean, you're, you're an organized businesswoman. You have, you're a serious business person and you have a well-run business. And so it didn't occur to you that they weren't well done. Um, and then the other thing is, is that it's because I believe that the beginning of a job has so many details for you guys as interior designers and the window treatments are just this part of it. I mean, put it this way, you can, it might take you two hours to select the paint for a home, you know, but once you do that, it's four lines on a piece of paper, it's done, (laughs) you know, master bedroom, you know, but window treatments are a whole nother animal. And I feel like the combination of not even having an understanding of what's necessary for us to execute what you want, but then the combination to add to it that there are so many things for you to attend to that you're just like, well, I- I'm not going to worry about that. The, the window treatment person will take care of it. They- they've got that. They'll figure it out. They'll read my mind. Right. You know? <laughs> they'll, re- they'll know what to do. Well, you know, yeah. okay. So one of the things that helped me a lot is um, our process for trade day. So that's for us the step three. Uh, the first step is a consultation. Second step is a contract to retainer. Step three is trade day. And at trade day, we invite every single one of our most important trades to come to the client's house and do their own measuring, take their own photographs. And because I stagger those appointments, it's an opportunity for me to talk one-on-one with that supplier. So in the example of the window coverings, uh, the, that person would arrive at the house. Uh, we'd go to the living room and I'd say, you know, I'm thinking I want to do uh, inverted pleat draperies, uh, very simple with uh, grow grain ribbon on the interior leading edge of the drapes. And he says, oh, that's great. Or he says, you know what? Oh my God, I'm so bored to death with that. How about this instead? And mm. he'll start sketching something and say, well, you know, we just did this for someone else. And I'll be like, oh my God, that's amazing. So the point is by using that professional more, it actually makes my life so much easier. Oh, absolutely. 
because then we can start to read your mind a little bit on top of it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? So I'm yeah. able when no. I, and sometimes, you know, as you know, sometimes a window's super easy, you know, two beautiful windows flanking a fireplace, no brainer, but sometimes the window's crammed into a corner and there's two windows and they're not the same height and I'm left scratching my head and what am I going to do? And oh my God. And it used to be that I just kind of tear through the house and then go back to my office and try to figure it out on my own and forget that. Now I say, come over here. I need your expertise. What the heck am I going to do in this terrible situation with these two different height windows and one of them is slammed in the corner? And we might spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes discussing it, drawing things, sketching it, and we come to an agreement before we leave that person's house about the style of draperies that we're going to do. And that, oh my gosh, that took so much stress off me. So, yeah, I I mean, I love both of those things that you just said, Kimberly, and that's exactly how the process should work, a collaboration with your vendor. And it's I I agree 100 percent. But there are two things in there that are places where the process breaks down, in my experience. So one of the examples that you use is that you walk in with your window treatment vendor and you say, you know, I really would like just something simple here you know, uh, inverted pleat with grow grain trim on the leading edge. And, or, and so here's the detail that I'm going to tell you nine times out of 10 gets mistaken. I will say to the designer, okay, terrific. That sounds like a great idea. Do you want the trim at the leading edge in from the leading edge? Where do you want it? And here comes the answer. Well, once I select the trim in the fabric, I'll <laughs> let you know. Oh, guess what never happens. They never go back. They never circle back. Trim leading edge. And here I am. And I'm looking like, oh, remember you were going to let me know. That's number one. And it's not a heart attack. Nothing's a heart attack. But I'm just telling you, these are where things break down. No, but when you call me back and you say, where does that leading edge trim go? I say, Luann, I'm busy. I I don't know. Where do you think it should go? So you're (laughs) absolutely right. And it's one of the reasons I love trade day so much because we'll actually agree on those things. We'll actually come up with an agreement. Well, because here's what I feel like. One of two things can happen. Either you come up with an agreement on the spot or you as the designer or your assistant on the job makes the note that you need to get that information to me at the date that you select it. Right. You see, but what almost always happens is it never gets written down by the designer's team. And then I'm with fabrics, I'm with deposits, I'm with everything. We're ready to go to production. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, for crying out loud. Where does the trim go? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that it stops up the process. And then the other thing that you said in there is your description where, and this does happen a lot where, okay, two different size window, you know, two different height windows, one's plugged into a corner, yada, yada. And I love that you stand there and you talk it all the way through with your vendor. But here's another scenario that will sometimes happen. The designer will send their junior designer for the field measure. And then I'm looking at the conditions and I say, well, we've got two different height windows. We've got this, you know, here are some of the things that we can do to accommodate it. What do you think? Oh, um, I don't know. I'll have to ask Kimberly. Well, right. isn't that just awesome? Cause Kimberly's not here. Right. Yeah. You know what? It's, so it's- Yes. <laughs> you, if, if you're going to send someone to have that responsibility, they need to have the power to make those kinds of decisions, which is why I'm always at step. I'm always at trade day. I, yes, I, I may see, have staff there with me, but I'm always there. Right. And I understand that there not every project requires the principal to be there because some projects are really simple and straightforward. But to me, if somebody were to ask me, Luann, how can I avoid that scenario for you and me? I would say if you, you've been to the house before trade day. You've been to the house before I'm there. Have whoever is taking pictures of all your rooms. When you then task your junior designer to meet me for the measure, review all of the window conditions and just say, you know what? Yeah, everything here is straightforward. Panels all installed at the ceiling, operable, not operable, and send that little baby on her way to meet me. But if you review it all the day or the week before that you make the appointment for me to measure and you're like, oh, I forgot, you know, the master bedroom has got all these wiggy conditions. Okay, I'm going to have to meet her too, or I'm going to be available in my office for FaceTime. So when she gets there and she starts having questions, you just FaceTime me and we'll resolve it. Right. You see, so it's 
it's it's that little extra being prepared because if I'm there to measure for you and now no decisions can be made and you and I are going to talk about it without the condition in front of us the next day, the next week, I got news for you. I might forget something too. You're going to forget something. We're not in the space. The reality is you're, you're so right. Sometimes we can make every decision right there at trade day. And sometimes there is a circle back process. And and that has to be covered in your generic paperwork or your templated paper paperwork. Wouldn't you agree with that, Luann? Like you've got to know that these are the questions that need to be answered before you submit this paperwork. Yes, I agree. And the, 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 the where I find my observation of where it breaks down for the designer is not having a, you know, when you go and you meet with a contractor and you're ready to turn a house over, you walk through the house and you create a punch list of all the things that that contractor has to do to turn that house over. And I feel like it's the same process that when you're meeting with your window, I'm going to talk from the standpoint of window treatment vendor, when you're meeting with me on a walkthrough, any single detail that is that you look at me and say, oh, I'll have to let you know later please write it down that you have to let me know where it, I'm yes. writing it down. I'm, I'm writing it down. And I have said this a hundred thousand times in 30 years. I just don't understand how I could be doing a complete walkthrough with an interior designer about the details of their window treatments. And I'm the only one with a pen and paper in my hand. Right. Like it's, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing to me because I'm taking all kinds of crazy notes on you want this room installed under the crown. You want this room installed, you know, um, three inches below the crown. You want this room operable. You want this room with the tape trim here. You want that room there. And, and I'm the only one writing it down. It's so crazy. So wow. What that tells me is that other person is not going to be able to produce a quote request that makes any sense. (laughs) Right, it's my job to produce a quote request and say this is what we talked about. Um, this is what I need quoted on, and all the information needs to be there. And then anything missing, of course, you would come back to me and say I need these three questions answered before this quote request is complete. Yeah, well, and, and that's where I have to say just to, to give an explanation of the difference between Window Works, my particular company, and a straight-up workroom. So for the designers listening, because it will it will be confusing if we go further without that distinction. So a straight-up workroom, which is not Window Works, a straight-up workroom is you're meeting with the person who is going to make your window treatments. Okay, they're going to leave you. They're going to go to their workroom. They're going to sew their window treatments or they have an employee that's going to, you know, make their window treatments. For me, I'm more, I'm a concierge window treatment service. So what happens is I'm in between you and the workroom. And I have had designers over the years when they first meet us and hear of our services say, well, why do I, why would I hire you? Why would I have you in the middle as a middleman and, and, you know, have to pay you to do what you do when I can hire a straight up workroom? Mm -hmm. And of course you can. And what I explain the difference is, is that none of these things can be gray with a straight up workroom. You do have to execute an actual perfectly done work order in order to have a draper or a pillow made or anything made. Okay. Because they are at their table working. And if there is missing information, that whole job is stopped. And so, and that's a different stop. It's a different stop when it's actually on the table. Okay. Whereas for me, I'm in the middle of you. And so I, you, you get, get a lot more hand, uh, kid glove treatment with me. So like I said, I have nobody else taking notes on the job except me. I accept that responsibility. I am the one that I'm basically your window treatment assistant. That's really what it is. When you work with window works, you actually, it's like having a window treatment specialist on your staff because I'm going to take all the responsibilities. I'm going to I'm going to make sure I come back to you and and say, okay, where is that trim going? And I'm going to teach you and help you how to decide and you know all the different things on what could happen or the variables. And then I collect all that information and then I give that workroom the perfectly executed work order. Okay, wow. so, I love it. So, so it's the, kind of an outsourcing concierge partnership. Exactly. And so the thing is, and then what happens is every little question that comes along the way from the workroom, I answer them. I only come to you if, if I haven't gotten the information. So, but I, that's my responsibility to get all of that. Okay. Then I handle it all the way through. 
I receive it all. And then I bring it and I install it for you. So mm -hmm. you don't have to have the other great thing about working with us is typically the straight up workroom is going to come to measure once, maybe twice, because especially if your relationship with them is longstanding, they'll come for a pre-measure and, you know, pre-meeting and pre-quote and everything. And then maybe a final field measure. Me, I will come and measure your project five times, six times, seven times. I don't care. And I don't charge you for those, those events. Okay. If you decided that you were doing all draperies and we measured, and then you got all the pricing and the client decided, well, we want all Roman shades and I got to go back and measure that, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. And so it's like just calling your window treatment person that's sitting at the other end of your office and saying, handle the whole window treatment part of this project. Yeah. And so the distinction there is important because you're relying on me, like you just said, that we maybe describe that as because you described in your office, Kimberly, that you then pre you prepare a document to request a quote and you put all that information out, right? So when I work with an interior designer, when I take a measure for a project, to them, that's them asking me for a quote. I, they don't then have to go back to their office and then rewrite down all the things that we discussed and ask me to do do it. I've taken all the information where I find that designers shoot themselves in the foot is when I give you that quote back, I will write that quote out with all of those details. I will be the one you don't have to be. I will say living room dra draperies installed under crown, master bedroom draperies installed two inches above crown, you know, operable this, I will put back every single detail that you and I confirmed on that measure. And here's where they shoot themselves in the foot. They will then get their deposit, close the sale with the client, place the order, because my, my quote includes all the yardages that they need, come back to me, do a PO, and, 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 and we'll just say, draperies, master bedroom, you know, $2,000. And not give me back my PO. And on my PO, I might say, you know, master bedroom draperies, trim lead edge in red. I'll say, please say, you know, one inch in, two inch in, please say location of trim. I get the PO back with none of the outstanding questions addressed wow. on my original document. Right. Okay. So then that's another step. I got to come back to you and say, whatever. And half the time I'll be like, oh, we decided not to do trim on that drape. Awesome. Because you, you let a PO <laughs> go through that has trim right. on, the, on the lead edge. Right. And so, and so that's a tough thing. And then the other place that I really want to stress to interior designers is that when, and a lot of times they will just give me back my PO, okay, as the PO, which is fine with me. That's that's good. But well, again, that without seems making like that makes more sense than trying to read. Exactly. I was going to say, why don't you just use the language that your vendors supplied yes. you with, and then it's easy. Right, but of exactly. course, you have to answer those questions. Right, right. So I get it back, you know, with with often without the questions answered. But here's another thing that will happen. I just had it recently. I I have on there lined, you know, standard lining, say, and that, and to me, when I'm working with you, I will give you all the different lining choices. And then we have a language, which one is standard, which one is light, which one is interlining, which one is blackout, which one is dim out. But say I use the language standard lining, and then there's another one that's sheer lining. Okay. I just had a situation where we did an install $15,000 worth of draperies in a family room. And the whole thing was unlined. Okay. So this project was measured once, like 12 months ago, then again, six months ago, and then again, three months ago. Three times I met with that designer on that project. Every single time the reiteration of my document to her included the draperies as unlined, okay? The drapes get installed and she says, why aren't, she says to my partner, my installer, why aren't these lined? And he's like, what do you mean? Why aren't these lined? They're wow. online. And she's like, oh, no, this should be lined. And just to fast forward the conversation, when her and I actually eventually spoke, I said to her, this document has been revised four times in a year. When I go through every single re re uh, iteration of it, at no point were these draperies lined. They right. were unlined from the beginning. She goes, oh, well, I changed the fabric you know, three months ago and that fabric I wanted lined. And I'm just like looking wow. at her like, 
how am I supposed to know that? Right. And I said, so it, of course I just said, I said, well, I'm so sorry. I said, but unless you advise me of a change, I'm not sure how I would know. And she goes, well, how was I supposed to know you weren't lining it? And I said, it's on the document. No lie, Kimberly. She said to me, I don't read that document that you send carefully. Oh, wow. There's a mistake right there. So the fact I've of the heard, matter I've is- I've had that happen a dozen times. Really? I don't read that. I actually had one designer say to me, I don't read that because it's too wordy. Whoa. No <laughs> one listening to this podcast, by the way, would ever <laughs> behave like this, right? Nobody listening really? to this podcast would ever behave like that. That kind of shocks me because the reality is you're there to make my life easier there. You're there to make yeah. me look good. So why yeah. would I not allow you to make me look good? And you absolutely would have to look at the paperwork. So I just want to circle back here. So the concierge service you provide, it makes such sense to me, particularly with window coverings, because it's such a high investment item. We did some analysis of our business and uh, over a seven-year period and discovered that clients pay 30% of the budget toward window coverings. That is a big chunk of change. And they can be, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of window coverings. So to have somebody who knows what they're talking about and make sure that paperwork is accurate is a huge advantage. So I can see how you found uh, a niche for yourself. Yes, yeah, it really is. And 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 like I said, because of that, the relationship from me to you as a designer is much more of, like I said, a hand-holding scenario than it would be if you were working with it directly with a workroom. If there's a question at a workroom on your project and they let you know there's a question and you don't answer it in two days, three days, two weeks, if it's a busy workroom, it's going to sit there. Nobody, mm -hmm. you know, they've got, you know, tons and tons and tons and tons of orders and it's just going to sit there whereas my office is going to be every two days hello you didn't answer us hello you didn't answer us right <laughs> you know we're watching your order here <laughs> you know so so and i and i want to say kimberly i just really want to express this I, I just love to share that i actually know that these things don't happen that i'm describing because designers are negligent or they don't care or they're not good business people right. i i know that to be true it's really because there are so many details on a project and the window treatments are so time consuming and are so, you know, so complicated. But what I say is if I am going to take the time to literally take that responsibility off of your shoulders by listing all of the details for you as I understand them from you, then I'm just asking you to read it and verify it. Well, so, it's a contract, you know, essentially, isn't it? I mean, we, I'm contracting right, you to do this work, and therefore what's in that contract is very important. Well, see, and that's another distinction with us and a straight-up workroom. With a straight-up workroom, if you have told them that you want something unlined and they make it lined or vice versa, like, in other words, if it's their mistake, they will redo it. But if you said unlined and they made it unlined and you wanted it lined, guess who's making that over again? Who's paying for that? You That's as a right. designer is paying for that. That's right. But I have to tell you, I, I almost always, depending on our relationship and the length of years that we've been in business and the scenario, I'm going to take that for you. I'm going to eat that for you. Oh, I, I will. Even when I, when I know it's your mistake. I just had a situation recently where we had a very clear discussion with the designer about measuring a shade and that a soffit was going to be built to house this shade. And I'm looking right at the designer. I'm saying, I'd really rather measure after your soffit's built. No, it's going to hold up the project. The client's very antsy, da, 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 da. You know, it's not a good idea for me to take a measurement on a roller shade, you know, that's <laughs> 10 feet wide, you know, that's motorized when the soffit's not built. No, Luann, let's let, you know what? Let's get very clear on the parameters. What clearance do you need? This and that and the other thing. And we finally, literally, and the, and the designer is writing notes. I was very confident in the designer. The designer was very clear, very technical. This designer understood that my shape it was like 121 and one quarter inches and she needed one inch clearance on each side. So that soffit had to be inside dimension 122 and one quarter. Well, we go to install the shade, the soffit's 121. Whoa. And 
And But here's what happened. My installer picked up, got in his truck, went to the workroom, had the shade cut down, and went back to the project. Did I charge her the $100 I paid to cut the shade down? No. Did I charge her for the time for him to go back and forth? No. Did I charge her for the gas and the tolls to go back and forth? No. We just did it. Okay, but not every vendor is going to be like that. Really, truly. Well, that's what I'm telling you. Very few will be like that, A, but definitely a straight-up workroom is never going to be like that. Right. If you have a workroom, you know what I mean, and they're paying an installer separately, like you're going to get billed for all of that stuff. And so it's it's full service, and that's, that's, and, and that's important if it's important to you. If your firm is capable of locking down details and doing good work orders and making clear directions and, you know, tying all the loose ends on the window treatment project in addition to all the loose ends on a full service project, well, then more power to you. Cut me out. Don't pay the extra money. But what I say to designers is build my fee in and don't worry about it. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Build the fee in and don't worry about it. But okay, you touched on something and I'm of a mixed mind here. And that is the fact that the designer was clearly in the wrong. It was 100% the designer's mistake. And you covered them anyway. And while I think that's lovely and nice of you, I can also see that you're not teaching that designer the importance of being their word and of having discipline and of being thorough and efficient. Um, So it's lovely. It's lovely of you. But in a way, you're enabling that designer to go out into the world to other vendors and kind of do the same thing. So I I don't think anybody should expect that kind of behavior from their vendor. Um, And that leads me to my next thing, which is, you know, if you're hard on your vendors, if you're constantly difficult and challenging to them, if they have to come back to you 12 times to get an answer on something, you're not going to be their favorite designer to work with. And there is an advantage to being the favorite designer to work with. Like when I call my trades and I say, I need a favor, they say, we'll do anything for you. We'll drop everything. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I know it's a pain. I'm going to handle that for you. And it's because I'm not hard on them. So in the reverse example, when I have a trade who makes a mistake, a really good trade, who makes an honest human mistake, from time to time, I don't make them pay for it. I'll say, you know what? I, I got money in this job. I'm going to take care of this for you. We've been working together 10 years. You're awesome. Just let me handle this one. So I think it is incumbent on the designer to make sure that we're not wearing our trades down. I definitely agree. I mean, there are there are keys to the relationship with the trade that, like you said, will put you in their great favor. And um, they all actually, and I know that you're going to agree with this, is they all really start in an honest relationship. They start with being honest and realistic. And I, what I can't stand is the blame game. That makes me crazy. Um, and it's like, for instance, the honesty starts in, explaining to me what your needs are on the project, what your client's needs are on the project and being clear on it. And then the other ways are a a pet peeve is if you as the designer tell me that I need to install by X, Y, Z date because your clients are moving in, I need to be there on Wednesday because they're moving in on Friday. What it, it, I don't know who thinks when you press my back against the wall to do that and you notice that I've had to move other people in order to accommodate that. And then when my installer's on the job and he can see that the cleaning crew hasn't even been there yet and right. that there is still things that aren't painted and there's no furniture. Like, it, do you not think we're going to figure out that the move-in date is a week later? Like, I just don't right. get it. Right, it's it like, goes back to... Like you can tell- Again, don't be hard on your vendors. They have to be on your team. They're family. I can't do my job without incredible support from tradespeople and vendors. I can't do my job. Right. No, my thing about that is, is that I know that the rock and the hard spot that you're in, I know that you have trades out there that if you tell them your drop dead date is this particular Wednesday, they'll, they'll blow by it and they'll let you down. I know that happens, but it, it does not happen with me. If I'm not making a date, it's because 
it's physically not ready for me to make the date. And there's going to be some explanation. You and I are already going to know well before that date why it didn't happen, either because I didn't have a trim or I didn't have a fabric or you didn't answer a question or there was a mistake made or something like that. But when it comes to it, if you, once you know and trust me and you know that if I know your real date and you've given, you've given me a fake date three or four times and I've come to the table each time ready, then trust that you can give me the real date because the, I might have another designer that her real date is the date that you're pretending yours is. And now I have to choose if I can, you know, stress right. my entire business or make the delivery when your date was the following week and everything could have been fine. So that what I'm saying is that what you're saying is, is the vendor relationship is important. And those are the little things that break it down because you do that once you do it twice. And then I start to not trust you. And then, you know, your dates don't really mean anything to me. I'll always still make them. But when, like you were explaining, you become a favorite vendor. When I get myself in a rock and a hard spot and I have two designers that need mm -hmm. the same date, which designer you think, if I can really only do one, if I can do both, I always will. But if I can really only do one, who do you think gets it? The one that I know always gives me the real date or the one that I know is always giving me a line of nonsense. Exactly. I'm sorry. And that might be the one day that it really was your real date. And now you're beat, aren't you? Yeah. And that stinks because I want you both to be happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to do my best for you. So, well, um, I feel yeah. sorry for the designer who has trades that she has to, or he has to lie to. So right, right. away, if you're in that situation, if you have a trade that you have to lie to for fear that they're going to disappoint you, at least know that that is not your A team. That might be your B team or your C team or your D team. Uh, and maybe exactly. you're stuck with them for this one project, but just know that there are trades who can be reliable, who will be their word. You just have to find them and don't settle for too many of those time-wasting type vendors. Um, and exactly. so that's one thing. The second thing I want to talk about, go ahead. I just said, and then appreciate that vendor when you find that he or she will you know, step up to the plate for you on those dates. You know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're invaluable. These vendors who make you look good, who fulfill on the promise of your brand, they're invaluable. And that leads me to a second part of don't be hard on your vendors, which is don't negotiate their rates. I can't stand it when I hear my suppliers saying, oh, that designer's great. But every time I give her a quote, she tries to get me to do it for less. I never, ever, ever do that. I want my vendors to make money. I want them to be successful. And my clients and I live in the real world. Things are expensive. So I'm fine putting my markup on that product and delivering it to the client and saying that is the price for this product. And if they want to go out and shop me around and find someone cheaper to do it, great. Good luck. What I tell them instead right. is I have this A team of suppliers and they deliver on the promise of my brand 100% of the time. 100% of my clients like these trades. So yeah, they might be a little bit more expensive than some other people, but often they're less expensive than many, uh, but they will do a phenomenal job. So don't be afraid to, to quote the actual price that things cost and don't constantly go back to your vendors and try to get them to do it for less. Yeah, I, I have to say, I cannot, I'm sitting here as you're talking, thinking if any designer has ever asked me to lower my price. And I, I can't recall any, and it would, I, I can't even, my reaction would be like, what? <laughs> like, you know, I, I just can't even contemplate that conversation. It would be like... This is not a car dealership. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably everything about how you operate and do business tells them that you're not going to negotiate your fees. Where a lot of the trades we work with are, you know, a guy who's, you know, working out of his van as the plumber. And, you mm -hmm. know, um, and what happens often is the designer has the client in one ear saying, oh, this is so expensive. Please don't make this so expensive for me. I really want to do everything, but my budget is only $30,000 and blah, blah, blah. So the designer has that and they want to make that client happy. And then the plumber comes along and gives a quote and the designer says, oh, you know, Joe, the client is really trying to keep the budget to $30,000. So is there any way you could take a little bit off? And that puts Joe in a terrible situation. Um, so don't, right. don't do yeah. that. You know, it's, it's no. not our job to make sure the client gets everything she wants for the amount of money she wants to spend. That is not our job. 
No, I mean, for window treatments, there's so many variables that I have had the experience where a designer will say to me, is there any way we can come in at a lower price? Like what things can we suggest as alternates? And that I, you know, I'm happy to discuss all day long, take the trim off, take fullness out, you know, change from a drape to, you know, a Roman to a drape, you know, whatever it is, but to actually ask me that the drape is $2,000 and will I make it 1800? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Fair distinction though. Uh, okay. So I want to circle back to some, the conversation at the beginning where we talked about the trim on the leading edge for you. Mm. If you're listening as a designer and you say, but I don't know where the trim should go. That's okay. You don't have to know everything. So in that situation, right. Luann, if you said to me, do you want the leading edge to be right on the edge or three inches in or 12 inches in, uh, it's okay for me to say, actually, I, I never thought about it. I don't really know. What do you think I should do, Luann? That's okay, right? Absolutely. 110%. Yes, that, that definitely. And that brings up a point that sometimes I'm measuring with the designer and their client. And when, and it's, it's, it's at you as the designer once I'm working with you many, many, you know, projects, then I know where the parameters are and what to do. But when I'm working with a brand new designer for the very first time and the measure happens to be in front of the client, if the client said, were to say, oh, well, where should that trim go? Looking at you, Kimberly, and you have got the deer in the headlights look, <laughs> you know, then you just, you have to look at me. And, you know, just say, well, you know, thinking, what, what's your opinion? I, you know, like, cause I'm not going to interject if your client is there, you right. know, so if I will stay, you know, and if you actually answer, I don't know, but I will consider it and get back to you. I'm not going to come back and say, well, the trim should be X, Y, Z spot. If mm -hmm. I'm in a new situation with you and I don't know you, I'm not going to teach you window treatments in front of your client unless you've established you know what, Luann is here and this is a new project for me, this window treatment, la, la, la. We're all going to work together on it. Then I'll collaborate, but I'm always going to have your back. You're the expert. I'm, you know, the vendor. And if you say, I don't know the answer to that and don't look at me for the answer, even if I know the answer, I'm not going to share it. Well, that's why I'll Window Works is a... That's why Window Works is an A-team supplier, right? Because you're you're aware of the challenge of standing there with your client looking at you and you don't have the answer. But I say this to des designers all the time. You don't have to have the answers. When a client says to me, uh, do you know? Do we need a junction box? I don't know. I'm not an electrician. <laughs> I have no idea. Let me ask the electrician. Like, get comfortable saying, I have no idea, but I know who to ask. Um, don't point. feel that you have to fake it because sometimes when we fake it, we put ourselves in a more embarrassing situation. So in that situation, if I really didn't know, I, you know, I might say, oh, I'd love to hear Luann's thoughts because she does this, you know, 24 right. seven. So Luann, what are you thinking? Uh, and then I might exactly. pipe in with something and act like I knew that all along, you know, <laughs> but right. and, and again, a good vendor is going to, if you're if a good vendor who is invited by the designer to contribute is going to contribute just enough to get that designer up and moving on the conversation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to then hold court on exactly. I'll be like, well, Kimberly, you know, one inch in would be lining up with the second pleat. And yeah, what do you think about that? That I throw it right back to you. So then you, you know, you've now recovered and you're like, oh yeah, actually that would be a great idea or la la la. And then it's now back to you leading the show. Right. You know? So just a note about trade day, you know, often the clients will say, do I need to be there? And the answer is always, no, you really don't need to be there, but sometimes clients want to be there. In my experience, they'll usually stick around for one or two of the trade meetings, but by the third meeting, they've had enough. They've, you know, it's boring. Uh, and they're usually, yeah, yeah. They'll <laughs> usually leave you alone. Um, my least favorite circumstance is when a client is there and I've got a trade coming in and it's a situation that's really problematic. Like the example I gave of the windows in the corner and two different windows of two different heights. In that scenario, I need to be able to say to you, Luann, from Windowworks, hey, I'm stumped. I have absolutely no idea. And that's more difficult to do when the client is sitting there staring at you. Exactly. And again, I will tell you that my 
um, MO on that is if you are, if you need to accomplish this measure that day and your client is sitting right there and you do have to say that sentence and I can, if I sense that that is uncomfortable for you, then I will 99% of the time come back with, well, this is a really unusual situation. And even I have rarely seen this condition. Let's talk about the different options we have. Mm-hmm. This way, I'm letting that client know right away that, you know, you, you know, you, you haven't, what I do this every day and I've rarely seen it. How would anybody expect you to have seen it? So I really feel that the vendor's job, in addition to locking down all of the details for the designer and executing it to the best of their ability is really to have your back is to do everything that we can to make you look good to the client. And because, um, you know, the more successful you are, the more successful that we are going to be. Right. I mean, it really is a close knit relationship and we are tied together. We all win or we all lose. So throwing each other under the bus doesn't ever work. Um, can you think of any other ways that we might be hard on vendors? Are there any other specific examples of um, how we turn in paperwork that isn't effective or um, ways that we kind of wear you out? Yeah, there's two specific Okay, wait a minute. You you didn't hesitate for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I got two. Let's go. (laughs) Wow. That surprised me. I thought you'd say, no, no, that's kind of it. It's great. Okay, no, we're ready. We're ready for you. <laughs> no, the one is really just an um, extension of what you just said before you asked me the question, because I w- did want to make sure to bring up this particular point is that there are going to be things that go wrong on every on any install. It happens. You know, my yeah. saying is, if you don't expect any problems today, don't come in. Just stay in bed, okay, and eat popcorn and watch TV all day. Because so the thing is, there are going to be problems. And I feel like a, a when a, I feel like sometimes a newer interior designer might fool themselves in thinking that when a trade delivers something that is delivered wrong, and at most of the time, at the moment of the wrong delivery, it really isn't clear yet. Is it the designer's fault? Is it the trade's fault? Or is it the fabricator's fault? So there's usually three people that it could be the the, the blame could fall to. Okay, but. In that moment, I have had situations with newer, younger designers where they feel like it's important to make a stand if the client's there on how unacceptable this is and I can't Mm. believe you would do this and how did you arrive here without this and without that. And my feeling on that is, is in that, first of all, I'm so grateful that my partner Bill is the calmest person on the planet (laughs) because you can literally, you know, release heaven and hell on him and he will just look at you and say, well, we're going to work it out. We're going to fix it. We're going to get it done. But my feeling is, and I always, if that, if that scenario happens when it rarely does, but when it does, and you're really dressing my my installers down on an install, I make sure I let that interior designer understand. You think that you are showing your client that you're their advocate and that you have their back by dressing us down. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you have selected us as your vendor. You have brought us into your client's home. And really in that moment, the more you are going out of your way to prove what idiots we are, (laughs) it really is reflection on your choice of these this yes. package of idiots. Yes. And so I've had that happen two times in my 30 years. Wow. And both times I literally called the designer and I said, you need to understand something very clearly. Right. We are on the same team. It's me and you and the clients on the other side. Now, if we're doing our job, we care about the client's satisfaction and we care about the client's overall happiness. But in the moment, it's me and you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you and there, then I'm not coming. I'm not, don't invite me to this party. Right. So because you, how this one particular situation, she made such a stink for 25, 30 minutes, trying to call me on the phone, you know, tr- calling the office, carrying on. And when we were going to go into the project and we ended up, by the way, in that particular case, it was the designer's mistake. I mean, seriously, not relevant, but just putting it out there. Just saying, um, yeah. But when we go back there, <laughs> yeah. But when we go back out there two weeks later to reinstall it, 
it's like this is that same band of idiots that you were like crazy pants right. over last week and you let them in my house again. It's it's illogical to me. So calmness rules the day. Okay? Really Let's good get to the point. Soup. A really, really good point. Yeah. We did yeah. a great yeah. podcast. Other- um, I'm going to interject here. We did a podcast, yeah. episode number two, uh, with a psychologist. And he talked about when I you're heard, in a situation, yeah. yeah, where there's a forceful confrontational situation going on, the yeah. best way to handle that is by getting calm and still exactly. and just absorb exactly. it. Let it happen. Exactly. Kind of how you describe Bill, right? And let it happen. Yes. And then once once everything calms down, say, listen we can make this right. This is going to be okay. Let me handle this. Exactly. That's exactly right. And the thing is, I want that in that moment from you, but I also want that in the moment afterwards when we're having the private conversation too. Mm -hmm. No drama. It's no drama. Yeah. Because if you don't really believe that I'm doing my best every day for you and that it was a mistake, then go somewhere else. Because I am doing my best for you every day. And if I still make a mistake, it's not because I don't value you. And if you just can't understand that, then, you know, I don't need it. (laughs) That's right. And conversely, the trades who throw designers under the bus, it's horrible. I mean, the designer gets you a job. And then when they're not around, when you're on site and the client's there and you've got the client's ear and something goes wrong and you throw that designer under the bus, I think there's a special place in hell waiting for you. So it works both ways. You've got to, you've got to think of yourself as a family unit and everybody takes care of everybody. A hundred percent agree. And then the other thing is that I like to tell interior designers or express to interior designers (laughs) is that. If you want to be loosey-goosey on the details that go into the project that you're ordering from me on the beginning of the project and all through the process that you get to when you place the order, then you have to be prepared to be loosey-goosey on the details when the project is delivered. Because there is nothing more exasperating about a designer that doesn't. So I'm talking about little things like um, crazy things like the size of the welt. If you really want one quarter inch welt instead of three eighths or you want one quarter instead of five eighths, then you know what? Don't just say pencil welt. Okay. Say what size welt because if you say pencil welt, I'm going to put three eighths welt on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that, you know, pillow or that drape and then say, oh, how could this possibly have this size welt? I asked for la la la. It's like, well, but I wrote down on my work order three eighths pencil welt. And if you wanted one quarter, then you needed to say that. Oh, no, 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 that's not acceptable. So my thing is I've worked with designers that are both. I will never forget Vince Latuka, huge designer in New York City. He's since passed away, but he really did high-end luxury work. And he understood that every little crazy thing for him was not the end-all be-all. That he knew that we worked together many years. He knew there were certain things that he always required on a project. He knew that I would bring those details, whether he always wanted interlining when he used silk draperies or whatever those little things were. But if he got on a project, he would, we'd look and he'd say, oh, you know, I really wanted that trim over, you know, one and a half inches in, you have it right at the edge, you know, and I'm, of course, I'm just saying that because we're use that example, right. I would never get to production and not know where it is. But, and I would say, oh, you know, you didn't say that. He's like, yeah, darling, it's fine. It looks beautiful that way. And then like, I've even been in the situation where the client walked in and said, I thought Vince, you said the trim was such and such was supposed to be such and such. Oh, please. I changed my mind on that weeks ago. Darling, it looks beautiful where it is. You know that it's perfect. Like he would never be like, yeah, Luann never changed it or I never told her to change it. And so, but then I have other designers that would look and go, I know I I sent her an email. She didn't get it. Um, You know, we, maybe we'll have to redo it. And it's like, come on lady. No, 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 no. You didn't send me an email. (laughs) You didn't do that. You know? So you want to be loosey goosey, be loosey goosey on delivery. You don't, you want to be particular on delivery, be particular on the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that goes back to integrity too, as well. Right. I mean, don't, you know, don't make up stuff. I sent her an email and she didn't get it. If you really sent an email that was important and the supplier didn't respond, it's your responsibility to say, Hey, you didn't respond to my email. So no matter what, designers, you got to step up and take responsibility for this stuff. So you're absolutely right. Well, you're a good advocate. Well, you're, 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 
You really are, Kimberly. And, and I just really, too, I want to just say again what I said at the beginning is that I know that there are 3,000 details associated with window treatments and two details associated with paint. Like, you know what I mean? The color in the room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, third, the finish, you know what I mean? Like, and of course, I'm, you know, exaggerating on both ends. But my thing is, I actually do have complete understanding of how difficult it is particularly in context of all of the other details that you manage. And so I'm not judging. I'm not saying, hey, you know, you're not paying attention. I'm not saying you're not caring. I'm not saying you're not doing it like a big girl. I'm just saying that if you truly want everything to be executed meticulously to the nth degree, then the time to do that is before the order is placed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, 100%, which is why I love step four. It all happens behind the scenes. You take the time you need to make sure you have the perfect plans, to make sure that all your work orders are looking beautiful or your quote requests at that point. And then you have an opportunity to take your supplier's language, the exact language the supplier gave you when they gave you the estimate, and reuse that and fine-tune it before you place that order. So there's a huge advantage to developing long-term relationships with particular vendors, wouldn't you say, Luann? Like, I know sometimes Uh, when clients say, are you going to get three quotes? I always say, no, I'm going to use my A-team. And four of the people on my A-team I have worked with since 1991. And I can say that 100% of my clients like these trades. So what about that person who's just starting out? Can you talk to why there's a huge advantage to finding your A-team and developing those long-term relationships? Well, it, it literally correlates to the sheer number of details that you have in a project. And the more you work with any particular vendor, the more so many of those details become things that we take on for you. So for instance, I have one designer that he, most, most draperies have an inch and a half double turned side hem. That's the complete industry standard. It's a, it's a beautiful drape. It's exactly the way it should be. But he requires that every one of his drapes have a three inch turn double side hem. And so if you are working, he, he said that to me one time, I wrote it down. I put a note right on my desk right where I could see it, every order for XYZ designer, three inch double turn side hems. And so what happens is, is that because you have so many details in a project, when you take the time to find vendors that your personalities mesh, that your work styles mesh, that you know has a handle on the details, that you know is going to respect you and respect your clients and their team behind them, their installers, their office people are all also 18 people, you can little by little know that some of the little things that you really prefer on every project are going to be covered by that vendor. So say you only like flat paint on ceilings, you only like whatever, you know, that painter, if he's done 10 projects, he's not going to walk around and go, what kind of ceiling paint you want? Like he knows it. He knows you. There's value in that. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is you can have paperwork. We've got, you know, now piles and piles of example of paperwork that we sent to various vendors. So in the example of our painter, um, very clearly there's a note that's built into the paperwork that says all paint Benjamin Moore unless otherwise noted. So we don't even have to write every single time Benjamin Moore. We just put the color number. Or that example you gave of the three-inch double-turn side hem, right? That would be automatically on the paperwork every single time. So getting it right at the beginning is very important. If you're just starting out, it's worth any amount of trouble to get it right for one or two projects because then it's going to be so much easier going forward. Right, right. No, it's, 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 it's critical because, and, and like I said, I'm a broken record, but I'm very cognizant of how much is on your plate. So the more that you can develop a relationship with each vendor that comes to understand your objectives, then there are so many less flying loose ends that can make, you know, cause to create the mistakes. Yeah, for sure. I can't recommend strongly enough that you go out for a drink or coffee or lunch with each of your vendors. Take them out 
pick their brains, find out what you can do better. It's to everyone's advantage that you become a well-oiled machine, isn't it? It is. And I think, Kimberly, I hope that you inspire a lot of designers to look at themselves that way. Because I have to say, as the vendor, I, I will see a problem developing and... I will stress over how to discuss it with the designer. And depending on my relationship with that designer, it could drag out for, and that's not my MO. My MO is to be very direct, but I am, I am your colleague, but I also am, I, I, I'm in a position where I want you to be happy and I want you to be pleased. And I don't want the, working with window works to be a stressor. And so what happens is as the vendor, when I like, like I respect your window treatment person, he finally just said, you know, uncle line in the sand, your, your, your work orders stink. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I have to, I, in, I, when you were telling that story, I was thinking to myself, how far did it get before he did that? Because I would never dress a designer down. I would never even talk to, you know, I, that's why I was so happy for the opportunity here because it's, it's no one person that's taking the hit. It's just guys, listen up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, but to individually tell a designer that your work orders are useless, that's a tough thing to do because we, I don't want your feelings hurt. I don't want you to be embarrassed. But and, and so when a vendor finally gets to the point where they are expressing something, just think about this conversation and think, oh, how, you know, it must be really bad for him to get here. And your right. advice to be proactive takes that drama out of it. You, mm-hmm. you know, that you're great at that, Kimberly. You're great at giving proactive advice that removes drama. You're saying, ask them, and then they don't have to feel like they're, you know, judging you. They're right. cutting you down. Put you're yourself their- in their shoes. Put yourself in their shoes. Because you, you've you done a lot of time today saying, I understand how difficult it is for designers. They're juggling 12,000 things. I think sometimes designers forget how challenging it is for vendors. They're also juggling 12,000 things. So put yourself in their shoes and be committed to making them look good the same way you want them committed to making you look good. Luann, you're awesome to talk to. I hope we can come up with another excuse to have you on the podcast. Um, <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> honestly, it's so, so helpful. I want to end with a few rapid fire questions and you're not prepared for these. Uh-oh. I didn't give them to you no, in advance. <laughs> so I'm just going to hit okay. you with them. Uh, old fashioned measuring tape or laser measurer. I, I use old fashioned, but that might be because of my age. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But old school still works. Know. I've never, I've never tried the laser. And I think what I've learned, I've been told is that if I'm doing the rough measure, it's probably adequate, but I, I, I don't know that I could ever go there for the final. <laughs> I know there's a trust issue for me. I kind of want that, like the reassurance of that metal tape in my hand. I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. How about yeah. this? A favorite technology or a favorite technological aid that assists you with your business? What would you say? It would literally have to be the iPhone. I mean, because it used to be, I remember Kimberly, I used to have to take a picture with a Polaroid camera or a regular old style camera and send it to be developed and wait, you know, two weeks for the pictures to come back then send the picture to the designer and the workroom and then all, you know, mail it. Everybody get on the phone, have one conversation with one, one conversation with the other to discuss the obstacle that we're trying to overcome. Now it's like, take a picture, email it, ask a question, come back. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's so true. I love, love, love my my iPhone. There's no question about it. Okay. How about this one? When is a site ready to be measured? For window treatments, yeah. it's after the sheetrock and the moldings are in. Ooh, not before, of I, course. No, not for, if for for budget purposes before, but I, I, I've worked with seasoned designers that I walk in and none of the moldings are done. And they're like, oh, you really? You, you can't just, I have a piece of the molding here. We could just hold it up. It's like, no, no. you want it to fit perfect. I have to measure perfect. <laughs> so. I love that. Okay. And I'm going to leave everybody with this last one. Luann, you, let's say you're listening to the podcast and you think, you know what? I think my process or my process could be improved a little bit. What is the one 
one thing you think everybody should go back to the office today and implement? I would say look at the purchase order that you have just sent to your vendor and pretend you know nothing about the project. Can you make that drapery from that purchase order? Can you really, you know, do that tile, you know, installation from that purchase order? Because if you look at it from the standpoint, that standpoint, then you'll know that just saying two pairs of drapes and this fabric, you know, $400 is not adequate. So that's an easy thing to do. Just read it yourself. Don't just type it and put it out there and not cognitively understand. Read it and say, could I make a drape from this? Could I execute a window treatment for this? If the answer is N-O, then you need more details on that work order. Okay, good, good advice, good advice. And again, um, if you do decide to do your workshop where you teach everybody about uh, uh, work orders and how to prepare them properly, please tell me so I can advertise it to our community. You're in New Jersey. It'd be worth a trip to New York City and uh, see a couple shows and have make, make a time of it. So please keep us in the loop. I'd love to attend that. That'd be excellent. Thank you, Kimberly. I'll do that. Wonderful to have you. I look forward to talking to you again. And everybody, if you're not listening yet to a well-designed business, please do. Great podcast. And uh, you're doing so much for the community, Luann. I appreciate everything you do. Um, Kimberly, I, I literally feel exactly the same way. I'm so grateful to have met you this last year. And I'm in awe of what you actually do and contribute to the community. It's amazing. Oh, lucky us. Thanks again for being here. At Business of Design, we know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.